You are listening to the Load Management Podcast. Why? I don't know. What's going on, everybody? Brand new episode of the Load Management Podcast. This is your man, Chops, back for another episode. Huge episode on deck. I'm truly very excited. We have Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre joining us. Before that, uh, a little introduction from my co-host, Adam Caparello, Zion with me. Uh, the New York Trio, as they can call us now, since we're all in the, in the metropolitan no, 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 area. No, 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 no. The New no, York Trio. Why not? You're not from New York. Adam is not from New York. Adam is <laughs> I am from New York, Island. actually. Pal. No, there's only one New Yorker on this. My podcast. my birth certificate says New York, pal. It doesn't so, matter. So so one New Yorker and two transplants. Uh, no, not two transplants. You're the transplant. You're Did you guys the, see? You're from the Ohio River Valley. <laughs> Did you guys see my tweet to Bauer? I tweeted him. I was like, yo, come on the pod and explain to my Yankee co-host what Garrett Cole is doing in these suspicious videos. Well, we'll get him back on the podcast at some point. Yeah, because he's kind of busy guys, right now. Your guys' really? team needs to be answered for in the cheating. Uh, by the way, every single pitcher in Major League Baseball does something like that. So this is—it's just a matter of it, not getting caught, like Michael it, Pineda years it, ago, and stashing the, the if pine the listeners, your neck. If the listeners did not see the video, I sent it to Adam Zion over the weekend. Yeah, Garrett Cole's fingers literally stuck to his hat. He had so much pine tar or whatever on his on his hat. He literally had to like rip his fingers off. So yeah, uh, but not. Not to get too deep into baseball, Adam is excited. He, you know, we we teased him with some baseball talk. Uh, like I said, Brett Favre on this podcast, really fun interview. Talking about Aaron Rodgers, his CBD empire he's trying to start, uh, NFL at whole, Tom Brady kneeling, all that kind of stuff. Really fun ep- episode interview. Before that, uh, we got to talk about Zion's favorite basketball player, Kevin Durant, because Kevin Durant had a How was that epic... my favorite basketball player? He's not your favorite basketball player. Continue. Continue with your with your with your narrative. Continue what where you're going with this. Pal. I, I thought he was. I thought he was your favorite basketball player. No, you you know you know I been been said Kyrie is my favorite. Oh, okay, player. so Kyrie, so Kevin Durant's your second favorite basketball player. <clears throat> no, third. No. All right, he's let's keep him moving five. here. Uh, uh, oh, he he's not top. Okay, so so one of Zion's favorite basketball players, Kevin Durant, over the weekend. How about a uh, how about a player on Zion's favorite team? That's good. Uh, a star player, pro- the best player on Zion's favorite team, is, is somehow not his favorite player. But over the weekend, KD, uh, someone on Twitter made a video calling out KD over KD's finals prediction. KD picked the Clippers over the Lakers like Adam did and did Savvy. a whole YouTube video. Uh, KD did what K- KD's excellent at Twitter. We've known this for years. He's had so many classic tweets. Uh, but he ended up tweeting the critics girlfriend liking all her pics and everything and it was a big thing and so zion can you just explain katie i'm not expo- to- I, I am not explaining nothing nothing about that why nothing. katie does what he does on twitter that's what he does well you're part of the youth so why don't you explain youth behavior mm, that's not no katie's closer to your age than my age yeah, what do you think he acts closer to your age than my age so it, yeah, I'm, yeah okay i, I thought it was I, I thought it was funny people say katie's too online but i thought it was funny i, I you know he's the he, he was trolling obviously for most he, people that don't like he was clearly trolling but of course you know, he was trolling but tweeting king he, he's he, he's so entertaining he is, he is the nba twitter king we have to give him that Tweeting, my bad, I accidentally pressed follow and liked all her pics, my phone tripping. That is an amazing tweet. An excellent troll job. How can you not laugh at that? I thought it was great. I thought Kevin did a great job with that, and people were hating on him. He should be applauded for that. I thought it was awesome. Uh, Did you guys watch sports over the weekend? It was a pretty packed sports weekend. Nothing but sports, pal. What was the bubble? The bubble was very good. Shout out to TJ Warren, bubble MVP. But also... 
my my Sixers pick is looking like it's on life support. It was on life support when you made it anyway. So yeah, well, we, it's re- we picked them to go to finals. Yikes. I picked well, them to go. Zion, to... you were kind of, you were kind of fucking. Nah, with the I just said watch out for them. I just said, I just said watch out for them. With the Sixers, no, also, pal. I, I, I just said watch out for them. They could surprise people, and I, but the thing is, they're not healthy now, so they can't prove it. I mean, but, it's over now. I, ben, yeah. without done, Ben yeah. Simmons, I mean, they're not doing Simmons, it. Yeah, I didn't it. pick them to go to the finals. <laughs> no, but you were. I mean, but they're not even going to make the second round now. That their their season's over. What are what seed are they? Six? They're gonna play three? They're gonna play Boston first round. Overs. Oh yeah, I got Boston going into finals, so that kind of contradicts. So I mean, it, they Boston might get goes. swept by the by the Celtics without Ben Simmons. Here's the thing, though. Very easy could happen. Here's the thing. There were some reports over the weekend that the Sixers are gonna have to decide between Embiid and Ben Simmons in this offseason and in our might trade one of them. That's very interesting to me. Well, I think the biggest change you can see is Brett Brown not coming back. Oh, it he's fired. He's fired. Yeah, which yeah, I like. I like Brett Brown a lot. Um, he's fun to deal with from a media perspective, but obviously, just shit hasn't worked out. And he's been there what six years now. And they probably need a new voice. And it seems like this talk of either picking Simmons or Embiid has been going on for like two years now. So I guess it's going to finally come to a head. But I mean. How bad are the Sixers capped out for like the future with all the all the so, money they've given to Horford, Tobias? The, the Horford and Tobias deals are looking pretty shitty right now. Yeah, they are. In, in high, they, like like they they got to try and trade one of them, but I don't know if they and the can. only maneuverability I guess is either dealing Embiid or well, I think Simmons. You'd have more maneuverability personally, but Zion, who do you build around, Simmons or Embiid? That's not even a question. What, I think what's it your is. Answer? It's not a question. It My just really should be Embiid. I think I think it's Embiid, but it's very hard to build around a, a center. I mean, it's, it's hard it's to build around an injury-prone center. I'm not sold that it's Embiid. Embiid's a better player. Embiid, Embiid's a better player, but to build that team around, I don't know if it's Embiid. Yeah, but who's the more skilled and who's the more filled-out player in terms of what he brings to the table on an overall basis? Yes, I know Simmons is unique for, as a six-nine point guard, but again, it's still so limited in what he can do. Why wouldn't you build around Embiid? And why wouldn't you have him be your cornerstone? Because Simmons is younger, number one. Less, and, but I mean, I, would, I actually was going to say less injury prone, but Simmons is racking well, Simmons up the injuries. Simmons has been injured all the time. He, he's yeah. racking up the yeah. injuries pretty rapidly. I don't but know. If, that's a, the, the Sixers are in a Simmons pr- with the right people too. I think I think Simmons is easier to surround with the right pieces than Embiid is because Embiid is still a I need the ball back to back. Back mm-hmm. to the basket type big. You can make a so case like based on out. versatility of how Simmons can bleed into a few different positions between point guard and then the way the Sixers have used him in the postseason, kind of stashing my power forward and having other guys be ball dominant. Yeah, he brings more versatility. But overall skill set and and the, and the and the dominant tone of what you want for your franchise, I would think that would be Embiid without blinking an eye. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think they have a, a tough concept. decision. They have a tough decision. I don't think it's a tough decision. Or, I think you summer. go and beat and, but, and get what you can for Simmons. But but why is this the first thing we're talking about in the bubble? The the biggest news this weekend, Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, the the beef. Um, are you guys team? That's a good one. Damian Lillard versus Paul George and and Pat Bev. Obviously, a big storyline. Shout out to the Blazers. Before we get to that, Adam, can you just apologize to Carmelo once again? We've I don't made have you to do apologize for anything. Okay. What, what, did I, what did I say you about I be, simply give context? Please, all right, give the context here. Go ahead. Oh, we want the con- the real context because you yeah, were about to write a context. story. Yeah, you. We. I. I saved you. No, no, no. I saved you. You should not. And I no, saved I your journalistic career. I didn't need any saving because it was it was going to be a sourced story about oh, yeah. what Carmelo could sourced still bring to the table. Clowns. Okay. No, 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 no. You, you were gonna. You were gonna. Uh, Adam was gonna write just for context here. Adam was gonna write that. 
Back maybe in November, Mello, no, even more context. Back in November, when Carmelo was on maybe the verge Mello of making his shouldn't debut be in the league. of the Blazers, maybe. because of everything that had happened the last year, it was going to be a sore story talking to experts and various people I, who could, I go on the record for this about it's why Carmelo experts. wasn't in the NBA. Number one, and number two, why you should be skeptical. Of it, why I'm sorry, why you should be skeptical of it working with the Blazers, and you. 86 didn't kill it for reasons that are I saved you. Completely I saved no, you. This, I don't need any saving. Let me put that shit you out. I want to put my body on that. Saving. I want to put welcome. my name on that. I'm I'm completely fine with it. You're so welcome. I don't need to apologize for Carmelo because I personally have zero animus against Carmelo. I think yes. he's fucking great. I enjoyed him with the Knicks. He's got a great cap. personality. Cap. I root for him. And it not cap. And it's fun to see him doing, you know, what he's doing as the lighter version of the Carmelo we've known cap. for years past. So I don't cap. I don't Oh, him any yeah. apology. And what I brought up in the Allen Iverson podcast was storylines and sayings from other individuals to get AI's perspective on. And AI did in no way, shape, and form dunk on me during that. Uh, AI yeah, dunked that was he did not first, dunk on me that the during first, that high-level basketball discussion. He went on your head. Yeah, bro, Adam, he dunked on you. That started that is the trend cap, of you getting dunked on the And that is cap from the two of you. I, I did right, not get here, dunked on. Okay, it, was a, it was a smart, did. studious discussion Under, about basketball, and AI was cool to see him get clearly you didn't jazzed do up and hyped Research. Enough about Melo. Zion's right. Dame won the weekend. 51 points a day after... He missed two free throws and got called out by uh, Pat Bev, and then Paul George jumped in, and it got real personal real quick on the ground. But what was more impressive? Let me ask this question, Young Zion. What was more impressive, the 51 points on Sunday off the back-to-back or clapping back at Paul George and Pat Bev? Bro, that clap back was amazing. Which one? Which clap? Specifically, say which one you think was amazing. Instagram comments. Let me let me go and read it. Yeah, the Instagram comments. No, I know, but he had a few. There was a few. Well, the the first initial class back. The, the trade one? Yeah. yeah. The first one he said, oh, yeah, that he eliminated um, Paul George and, uh, and Pat, Pat Beverly. Bev, which is true. Home. That was great. Like, that was a that was the first one. That was the first haymaker. Then Paul George kind of got him back saying, you know, okay, now you're going to be the one we're sending home and whatnot. <laughs> um, it's still playful at that point. At that yeah. point, it was still playful. And then Dame took it to another level. And then Dame, I'm trying to find – I'm trying to find the actual comment that Dame said. Go to it's on our Instagram. You posted this weekend. Oh, I did. I, I remember. Let me find it real quick. Real quick. My social <laughs> media should have this queued up and ready to go. Yeah. No, no, no. This is on the fly. Keep sw- he said, keep switching teams, running from the grind, you boys is chumps. Man, Ooh. that was a that was a knockout. That's yeah, that got a little personal. But the first boys I the first clap chumps. back was 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 uh, the best and most nah, personal. Because, but also, Paul George but also, got personal first. Also, the Paul George thing. He's never he's all, okay. He's ran from two teams. Okay, that's a lot. Okay, he's ran. Lot. He's been on his th- this is third team in three I years. Know, and I I forgot he ran from the Pacers. Okay, he 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 ran from two teams. That's he did, the thing. That's about, accurate. The, th- the thing about Dame is, and I don't have any reason to think that he's going to leave, but he can't leave Portland because all these com- he's 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 built his brand around. I've I'm never left. I'm never chasing a title. And this is just me. So he can't. He keeps no. dig, digging that yeah. that, that he, mantra. He's gonna. The only way he can leave is if they trade him, and and it, and it has to be very clear that he didn't want it. You know, yeah. yeah. Because because if you go to another team, guys are. It doesn't. In shout out to Pierce. Pierce had a viral tweet. Dame doesn't treat his his NBA players like friends. They're his coworkers. It doesn't. It seems like that. It don't seem like Dame really. You know, kind of like fucks with a lot of people that aren't his teammates. 
But if, if he ends up go, like demanding a trade later, it's going to look crazy for him. He can't, you know, he can't do it. Well, I will refer back to the story that I did on Dame from last summer, which basically dived into his loyalty to Portland. And he's there for the long haul. I mean, he's built a life for himself and his family in Portland, and he really fucks with the city. And he's all about loyalty, and that stems back for his upbringing where his family was incredibly loyal, and that's just innate in him. It's going to take a lot for him to ever ask out of Portland. Um, it may happen in three or four years. Who knows? Because the NBA landscape can change so drastically. But, like, yeah, he is one of the few superstars, and you can define where you want to put him in the landscape of NBA superstars. But he's one of the few superstars that seem to be um, all about his word and about not wanting to leave. And I think even though he's going to be the first $50 million a year player in NBA history, I think starting next season or the year after, he'll be the highest-paid player. Um, clearly the face of Portland, the best player Portland's had since probably – well, Clyde Drexler, if not a little bit earlier, um, and he ain't going anywhere. He, I mean, I think it's gonna take. A, it's gonna take a shit ton. He's the best ton. player in Portland history. That's that's. Yeah, what's uh, yeah, probably will in the end. Probably will be, but right, like, it's gonna take a fun. seismic shift in the NBA oh, paradigm for him to ask up. out of Portland. So, bubble MVPs so far. We keep going back to this. Let's keep our running track. TJ Warren, Dame Lillard. Who else is bubble MVPs? Mm, are we talking? We're talking performance on the court. Uh, on and off, on and off. You know, just overall bubble MVPs. Obviously, uh, Luca. Luca's been damn impressive. Uh, and people, have, Zion, have you noticed this? People are pushing back against Luca. It's becoming a black and white thing very quickly. What, what way are you implying? Yeah, explain, explain on that. Explain your race baiting proposal. Right. I'm here. not race baiting. I've seen people. I think people think Luca's getting too much hype for what he's doing. I've seen a lot of James Harden fans saying, hey, James Harden's making these same passes, and he is. Okay. And people are more hyping up Luca right now than James Harden. Well, those James Harden fans is, need to fall the fuck completely... back. Why? Why? Because James was Harden... James Harden putting up these triple doubles at 21 the way Luca is? Yeah, I think it's a it's an age factor, too, and, and the fact that uh, obviously James Harden has been doing it for so long. So, like – I don't think it's necessarily, and and like I mean, you got to give Luca his credit. Like thirty four, twenty, and, and 10, I'm not like, trying to discredit. It. I'm not trying to discredit it. I'm just saying I'm seeing Luca push back right now. It happens to everybody. Every emerging star starts to get that pushback, yeah. and I'm starting to see it with Luca right now. I don't People, get that. I mean, the, the comparisons, the step back, and there's some similarities in the game here and there. But I, like, why are James Harden fans I, so no, concerned there's viral, about Luka? I saw a viral tweet over the weekend that says James, like, look, James Harden's doing the same thing you guys aren't but, talking. But about. But I'll say that if anybody, if I see any tweets saying, okay, Luca's better than James, Harden, I'm not even ready to put Luca top ten. I'm still not ready to put Luca top ten NBA players right now. See, people are people are talking about him top five right now. Uh, you know what? Yeah, when we do our rankings again, whenever next season happens or begins, which again, that's massively TBD yeah. at this point. Um, yeah. It'll be an interesting discussion to have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's March of next year. Yeah. I mean, who fucking knows at this point? It's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting discussion to have. But he's he's creeping up real quick. But clearly, James Harden is a superior player to Luca. But I don't get the shade. Like, why are people shading him for at twenty one? He's doing these thirty, that's what, twenty. But that's what happens when people like come insane. onto the scene. When people come onto the scene and they think that someone's getting too much, too many, too many accolades. I think too quick. There's a pushback, and I think we're seeing. Yeah, but the, I'm seeing it with Luca. Zion, right I thought maybe you would see it because you're online as much as I am. Adam's not on on Twitter like that, but I saw it this I weekend read. a lot. I, I wasn't even watching that Luca game. I just saw the highlights. But I saw that. Yeah, I saw the it, highlights. It, I, I mean, he, he's he, he is a little bit overhyped, but I mean, you can't just ignore the numbers he's putting. Why do you out. say he's overhyped? No, nah, just because like uh, all year, like that's you and you remember, like at the beginning of the year, I made the argument that Trey Young is just as valuable as Luka Doncic, 
I, th- I I'm not ready to hop off that bandwagon until I, I think Trey Young has. A I mean, Trey needs a better supporting him. cast. Number one to, uh, to, yeah, like, to definitively you know have that argument. If you finalist. put Trey on the Mavericks, then how do we know yeah. it the same? Yeah, thing we don't know. Like, exactly. We don't know. Like, but obviously, Luca definitely deserves his credit. Um, but not yet. I need to see more. Give me the playoffs, and the Mavericks aren't even winning games. They're stuck in the they're, yeah. they're stuck in the seventh seed. And yeah. we'll see how they do in the playoffs. But they're, people talk about them like they're a three seed, but they're a seven. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. But I well, think, also, I mean, listen, I think there's it. going to be. I'm ready for the Luca Wars because I think they're coming. I think the Luca NBA Twitter Wars are coming, and they're going to be. Uh, I think it makes. I, I I think him being a white point guard plays into it. I it really does. Do. Race I, race inevitably plays into it. And also, quick I, little shout out: Porzingis has been playing awesome in the bubble. Ooh, they, Adam said that oh, with like oh, oh, so much pain I forgot, behind his eyes. I forgot. Eyes. We're talking. We're talking bubble MVPs, right? Yeah, Mister. I called this. Let, let me get the. Let me get the context. I called this before it even started happening. I don't I put even it know in what the, you're about to say. In, in the yeah, what are you text. applying here, pal? I put it in the group text. I've been on this way before everybody. Say Gary it. Trent oh, Jr. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, he's been. I phenomenal. knew that was coming. Yeah. Gary you were, Trent you were, Jr. You were. You were. You were. A bubble MVP. He is. He is. He's. I think I saw he's shooting like seventy percent from three in the bubble. Like it's and he's and he's like he, he leads the bubble in most made three. So it's not even like he's he's not taking, taking a lot. Enough. He, he's what taking we, a lot. Yo, so what's up with these role players? Is it just because like there's no girls at the games? Like they're not nervous playing in front of like shorties or something? Like what? Like there's something I, going on in the bubble. I think it is less pressure, like with with no fans, um, and it's a bit, you have a better ability to focus. Obviously, with the depth of per- perception, you can shoot better. I think that's why shooting numbers have been crazy. But like, no, I think I think. But you're then right, LeBron I on trust. the other side, LeBron's like, and and you know I love LeBron, but LeBron loves to make like like shy excuses when he's not playing well and he's not playing well. And right also now. fabricate motivation, but that's LeBron's yes, hundred percent. And he's doing so that right MJ now. MJ did it too. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, and true. LeBron's doing it right now. In three weeks, when LeBron wins two playoff series, he's gonna be watch King all over again. But no, I love LeBron. That's see if he can get through the Blazers first. Ooh. Oh, hey, really? We're gonna be writing about that. Check, check complex sports. Ah, nah, don't, don't, nah, don't approve of any any story that says the Blazers will beat the Lakers in a series. I'm gonna, I, I have to read no, it. I yeah. just said check out complex sports this week. Pat. I don't I, think I, he's gonna I'm say not, that. That's not the headline, but I'm saying please read complex sports because we'll be listen, talking the Blazers about. still can't defend the lick. No, they can't but the, the Lakers' they offense not a strong looks really team, bad yeah. right now. The Lakers' offense looks really bad right now. Yes. Uh, we we have Brett Favre on this episode. Not to get too uh, ahead of ourselves, but we have Brett Favre on this episode. Coming up, we're talking NBA bubble right now. Zion brought up uh, Gary Clark, great bubble MVP. Trent Zion, Jr., pal, not Gary, not a musician. Gary Trent Jr., my bad, my flub. Zion, you, we got to bring up your Pelicans if we're going to bring up your win there because Who the Pelicans. My Pelicans, why are they my? Because it Pelicans? has like nine thousand Duke. Bro, those they're your Pelicans. When I think I, of the Pelicans, I, I think of you. You have a Zion shirt, don't you? I, I am a Zion Williamson fan. Yes. So they they are eliminated from the playoffs. I think that's a surprise to everybody. They just it just did not work in the Listen, bubble for them. I, they, that team looks that they, team looks like they hate each other. They they don't hate each other. I think it just they don't have the chemistry that everybody else has. Had. They didn't have the luxury of playing together the whole season like uh, the Memphis Grizzlies did, or or even uh, even the uh, Trailblazers for the most part. Like obviously they have even the three, Suns. Like the Suns yeah. are the Suns are obviously undefeated as of recording this. And, like, and mentioned Devin Young. Booker as a bubble MVP. Yeah. Uh, Devin Booker is a bubble yeah, MVP. Yes, is. but they're so they're like. They're so young, so like it's gonna take longer for them to like mesh together. And at the same time, if we're being honest, let's be honest. Zion, Zion was not ready. 
he didn't look good he i i don't know what angles he caught like zion caught the angles on that picture he posted before the bubble of him working out but that was not his yeah, real. I've done that before that. too. You, you get, you know, you kept, you, you know how you you tilt the phone to make it look like you're looking like a little <laughs> ripped and skinny. Zion had the perfect angle on that photo, and then the bubble came, and you're like, damn, he's he's kind of heavy, you know. But he wasn't. He like I seen, and if you compare the pictures with him at Duke versus now, it's like, yo, it's you crazy. Know? You can see the difference, and the way he plays, he was just playing so lazy. And let's give him credit. What difference? Still no, put no, up hang on one still put up numbers. Let's ask the Duke expert over here. What difference are you seeing? The activity, the energy, the effort. Mm-hmm. Like, do you Duke, think he's too top heavy right now compared to what he was at he, Duke? He is. Like, yeah. I mean, I've I've battled that for so long this season. I, I've said it's like, nah, it doesn't matter. But like, he's not jumping. Like, we didn't see any explosiveness in the bubble. Yeah, we've we've seen a couple of dunks, but like, he's not he's not putting in effort. He's not zero he's not second jump the explosiveness the way we saw yeah. at times. And like we've seen, like I saw a stat today. He played like 102 minutes in the bubble. He does not have a steal or a block. And that's like not him, because yeah. at Duke, this man was all over the floor. Like he was. He looks like a shell of himself. Five. He looks like a shell of himself. Yeah. Here, here's my question. Griff is very aggressive. Uh, something they're going to do with some sort of shakeup on that roster. Uh, I don't know if it's is Lonzo Ball a free agent? Because if he is, he did not help himself in the bubble. Lon- Lon- Lonzo Ball uh, is definitely is definitely. Uh, I think a can to get to get traded, but his trade value has to be in the fucking tank right now. I mean, he's still young, but like, and I think his chemistry with Zion might like convince them. Okay, you should keep him, but like, he was bad. He looked like Lakers Lonzo. He he, he was really bad. I I think the Pelicans are going to be a, an interesting team to watch uh, going forward and kind of how what they do because you know they got to pay Bi Ingram I, and Ingram and Zion's fit doesn't look. It's not great. It's, it's not great. great. Ingram plays played much better without Zion on the court for you know much of the season. So I don't know. They're going to have some stuff to figure out. It's a bit of a disjointed roster, but it's obviously a work in progress. So yes, your yeah, boy Griff think, has have, has a few things to work out during the offseason. Before we get to our Brett Favre interview, huge shout to Load Management Podcast guest alum Austin Rivers going off in the bubble, forty one points. Oh, quickly, quickly about Austin because I po- I posted it last night actually with the with, in the Duke community. Uh, and I said, like, <clears throat> do you consider Austin one of your favorites? You're still on this goddamn conspiracy theory. Listen, it got like 11,000 views, and people are like saying, there are a lot of people saying, I do not like Austin Rivers. And I personally, I like Austin Rivers, but I can confirm that that sentiment I shared that you guys said I was capping on, it's right. Well, then it you is. have a lot of Fugazi Duke fans who show him mad love when he goes back to campus. I mean, I mean that's so how do you feel about people, that? People, people are. What did Lamar tell us? Lamar said that he would have people who talk well, shit about course, him yeah, take no, pictures no, with him. That's exactly. Just, there's, I mean, that, there's a million people with with you know and Twitter fingers that will you know yeah. slobber you the second they see you in person. Exactly. So, but huge shout to Austin Rivers. He told us. He said, "Yo, if like and Russell didn't play, he's like, if some of these guys don't play, you know, I can get my numbers off too." So he went out and you know got uh, his again, numbers. You know, Austin was a high level ACC player at Duke. Like, mm-hmm. he's always had skill level. It's a matter of opportunity, and it was cool to see, again, friend of Complex Sports and our podcast guest, one of our I mean, podcast guests from last week. Say that. What? Excuse me, pal? You say, you say friends of Complex Friend yeah, of Complex bro. Everybody's yeah. a friend of Complex <laughs> I've never even met some of these people. Well, the, for those I have met, he, he legit is a friend of Complex Sports, but cool to see him go for 41. Quickly, before we get to the Brett Favre interview, uh, I just read the Reds are trying to petition to have fans in the stadium. Would you guys go to a Yankees game if they let fans in the stadium to no. 2020? Adam would. 
Bro, I, I legit just went to Kifu for the first time in three months. On my Zion, Zion like, creeped out. I was at. Kifu. I will say this. I was at an establishment outside in Manhattan oh. last week. So yeah, I would go to Yankee Stadium if it was if there's proper protocols put in place. Uh oh. I I mean, a baseball game seems kind of safe. I might go. It's outdoors. It's it's again. It's you outdoors. Have, you have vast areas distance. of the stadium yeah, to allow taking people the, to taking the train to get out. there. You're not driving. The, I drove into Manhattan, so I'll put it that. Adam, I, I did. Me, I did think about taking LeBron. the subway, and if you see studies, some people say that the subway is not the you know cesspool if it's not crowded the way you would think it would be. But um, yeah, I'll probably still be driving to places around New York for a little while. There we go. So, so we're. I, I, I'm on the fence. I would lead. Maybe I would go to a game. Zion. We're not going to see Zion on a sporting event in a while. Adam would go to a Yankees game right now, though. It is interesting that they're petitioning for that, and it is interesting that baseball is still playing. Basically, with 29 teams, the Cardinals basically just don't exist to Major the League. The Cardinals baseball. are never going to play again. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> that team just basically doesn't exist to the Major League Baseball. Uh, let's get to Brett Favre real quick. RIP College Football. It looks like it's a wrap. We don't really. Uh, Zion, do you watch College Football? I know Adam's kind of into it. I'm not. I used to um, cover it, so I mean, I still follow Duke it. Only one is good. Only one. Oh, so never. And Oklahoma. And, uh, huh? and Oklahoma. I watched. You like, Oklahoma. had some moments with David Cutler. No, I don't like Baker. What Oklahoma? I liked him at Oklahoma. I don't like him anymore. Because oh, okay. well. College football. It's going to be interesting. Uh, it sounds like if it's they don't play. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be zero games played. <laughs> no, I'm well, – does the NFL play on Friday and Well, Saturday, you like would think the NFL would be savvy enough to switch games. NFL, NFL is so not that. happening, ladies and gentlemen. NFL is happening. Don't Zion, even okay. – the NFL is happening. Yeah, on that note, I guess let's, let's get to our interview with NFL Hall of Fame quarterback, three-time MVP, Brett Favre. He's uh, got a lot to say, so let's get to it. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Huge special guest today, NFL three-time MVP, Hall of Fame quarterback, Brett Favre joining the Load Management Podcast. Brett, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, Brett, can I, before we get into this, I told my mom you were going to be on the podcast, and she was so excited. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, it's funny because when I uh, I encounter people, you know, like the younger generations, sometimes they're like, now, who is he? No, no way. No, no way. way. People I do not like believe you. So I, I relate to the older people. Time flies, man. But tell her thank you. We do not believe you, Brett. We do not believe you. Uh, let's get into it real quick. So Green, Green Eagle CBD, walk us through that a little bit and how you got involved. And would a 20-year-old Brett Favre be surprised that you're uh, in the CBD business? At 20 years old, I didn't know what – I don't even know if CBD was a, was a term that anyone used. Uh, <laughs> marijuana was, I guess, uh, which 
fast forward to, to this about eight months ago, I think, uh, I was introduced to, uh, Joseph and I always butcher his last name. Smodja is, is how I say it. Um, who is the CEO of green Eagle. Now they have been in France for quite a, I guess France is way advanced in the CBD world and maybe other countries as well. Um, but they're very reputable and uh, have done extremely well in France. We're in the United States and I think we're a little behind on the CBD. Uh, even though it seems like everywhere you turn, there's a CBD store. But I was skeptical at first. I was introduced to Joseph through a mutual friend. Basically, Joseph was inquiring about finding an, an ambassador uh, to help promote here in the States. I, I'll be honest with you. My, I assumed probably like most people that CBD has THC in it. I, I'm sure there are some that do. Um, but I was emphatic about not getting involved with anything that's, uh, that has a drug in it. You may or may not remember or know, uh, I had a pain pill addiction and mm -hmm. really my first five years with green Bay, uh, I spent three, three different times in drug rehab trying to kick it. And at, at my peak, I was taking 15 Vicodin ES at a time, uh, had two seizures. So I say all that because the last thing I want to do is promote anything that can be addictive. This is not addictive. This does not have THC in it. So once we got that out of the way, I said, I need to try it to see if it works. Joseph gave me a, I think it was either, I actually gave me both a tube and a roll on, same product. Um, and I ran a half marathon, which I can't believe I still, I, when I say that, I, I kind of like, what, what am I thinking? I ran a half marathon when I was done the next day, my legs were nothing structurally was wrong. You know, I didn't have a broken femur or a torn ACL, uh, but I was sore. So I used it and it worked. Yeah. So here we are. Wow. So, I mean, just looking at your playing career and how beat up you were, how much would you have liked to have this back then? just, you know, with the game streak and everything. I think for everyday aches and pains, which is primarily what you face. And, you know, fortunately there's not every other week, you don't have a torn ACL or a broken bone. <laughs> you have, you know, bruised thigh, you know, you fall on your shoulder three or four times in a game and it's, it's sore as heck the next day. It would have been great to have this product um, available uh, then. Um, would I have uh, not gotten addicted to pain pills? I certainly would like to think so, uh, and that this will save somebody in the future. Um, so uh, I would have loved to have had this product then. What's the worst injury you ever played through? The one that I really thought was going to be the one that's kept me from playing was a broken thumb on my throwing hand. You know, it's kind of like, uh, Usain Bolt saying, I got a broken foot, but I'm a, I'm a run in the 100 meter, you know, Olympic race. Yeah. We, I, I broke it against uh, the Rams uh, at St. Louis. The following week, we were playing a Monday night game at Minnesota, which we had his, historically, we had uh, terrible games there, uh, even when we won the Super Bowl. And I thought, well, th this ends that. 
And, and I actually played with a splint on my finger, on my thumb, and had probably the best um, – I know I had the best game of, uh, uh, of the year that game, but I had the best nine-game stretch after that uh, probably in my career. But that I had a torn – and I didn't even know this existed. I tore an, an LCL in my knee. Uh, we all have heard of ACL. We all have heard of MCL. But yeah. I said, an LCL, what is that? That's a lateral. <laughs> uh, so on the outside, um, that I thought would – I had to play with a brace for like four weeks. Um, I don't know if, if, you know, thinking about the broken thumb, I don't know if, if Green Eagle, the product, would help very much with a broken thumb. Um, maybe a little bit with the LCL. But, again, when you got some structure, structurally wrong, I don't know if Copperfit or Green Eagle is the, is the wise choice. Right. You need to go into the night for that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Brett, we, you know, we have you on Zoom right here. And, uh, you know, uh, for, I guess, you know, transparency's sake, you got the pipes going right now and you're running half marathon. <laughs> you seem to be in pretty good shape. So the question I'm going to ask for you is how much do you miss the game because you look like you're in great shape right now? Um, you know what? I don't miss it at all. And what, really? But, but there, there are aspects of it that I do miss. I miss the camaraderie with the guys. What I don't miss is the stress to perform at a high level week in and week out and what that entails during the week. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's no matter how good you did the previous week, the good players and the great players – put so much from an expectation uh, standpoint upon themselves that it's almost unattainable, if that makes sense. So rather than say, man, I had, you know, not saying this publicly, but to yourself say, you know, I played, I played well, uh, we won, or even if you lost, I played as well as I could and I'm okay with that. And I just move on. It's, it's not that easy. And the older you get, the more, stress you think about and you worry about things that you can't control is this guy studying what if they don't you know what if they they come in and change their defense against this unit and as a young guy i didn't worry about that i was just along for the ride you know <laughs> as i got older i looked at things more like a coach and coaches are under a tremendous amount of stress especially the older ones um so i don't miss that part of it i don't miss hey it's it's third and 15 there's a minute and a half left, and we're down by eight. We have to score and get a two-point conversion. The odds seem insurmountable, so I don't miss that. Do you think – so going back on that, as you mentioned guys getting older, so is Aaron Rodgers about to have his most stressful season for the Packers? I would think each year, and Aaron and I have talked uh, a fair amount the last two years and several times since the draft um, – there's a lot of stress right now because there's this uncertainty of whether or not we're playing. Yeah. We play, what does that look like? Am I going to have all my guys or am I going to have guys choose to opt out? Uh, you know, total new uncharted territory for everybody, even the fans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think from a, from a stress standpoint, um, after last year, which was a great year for Aaron, uh, and they almost got to the Super Bowl with nobody. Uh, but I think he's starting to feel kind of – because now he's at the age that I was when, when we drafted him, 
35, 36 in that area. You know, you start realizing that the end is a much closer than it was when you, when you came in. And he, he finally got a little dose of a new, you know, a new regime. You know, when you, you may or may not even re- have realized this, but when Aaron was drafted, I was the only guy on that team from the initial team that I joined the Packers. And, and, I, and I say that from a coach and a player standpoint. Several of the trainers are still there, several of the equipment guys. I say that because I seem like the odd man out. I would look around sometimes and go, even though I've been here longer than everyone, I feel like the new guy, the odd guy. Yeah. And he's starting to get a little sense of that. You know, a new coach comes in, drafts a young quarterback. By no means does Aaron feel threatened by that, but it, it, it just kind of like a slap in the face, like, ah, now I see what you went through, Brett. Uh, <laughs> you look around and go, all the guys I started with are gone. Did he say that to you? Because I know you, you mentioned you talked to him. Did he, did he admit that to you? Yeah, more or less he admitted that. And, uh, and we were talking about the draft. And, um, you know, people want to think that he's upset about Jordan Love. No, he's upset about the fact that they didn't get immediate need. He, by no means does he feel threatened, and he shouldn't. But uh, he was just hoping for maybe, you know, a counterpart to Devontae Adams, um, maybe a slot guy, maybe, a, a you know, a, a Z receiver, something like that, maybe a stud tight end. But, um, but that didn't happen. Um, so – yeah, we've had several conversations, but, you know, he, he he's in a good place. I'm sure you've been asked this a bunch of times, but, I mean, you know, all of us watching the draft were absolutely shocked to hell that the Packers made that decision. So, I mean, how how shocking was it to you if you were either watching live you found out what they went – what route they went in the first round? I was I was very shocked. You know, I, they obviously know way better than I do. I'm from the outside looking in. No one asked my opinion, nor should they. Um, but I thought – you know, the, and there's a, it's a, our situation when I was the quarterback in, in the Packers drafted Aaron, and now fast forward to Aaron and Jordan Love, very similar, but there is a, a very big difference. The big difference is we were coming off of a losing year, one, I think the only losing year in my career mm-hmm. uh, when we drafted Aaron. It wasn't like we were on the verge of Super Bowl, NFC t- championship game, yeah. Now, with Aaron, they're two, three plays away, or some may say a player away from the Super Bowl. And I, I think everyone, whether you like the Packers or not, would agree to that. Yeah. So you would think you go for immediate need. I'm not saying that a quarterback's not important, but no one expects him to play, in, I wouldn't think, in the next five years, unless it's mop-up duty. So – not only do you, you draft a quarterback, you trade up, which means that you're giving up a pick or getting demoted back way further in a draft on a pick for a guy who doesn't help right now. And not only doesn't help right now, but may run the risk of running to the end of his contract while Aaron is still playing and chooses to play and wants to stay in Green Bay. So do you re-up the guy you drafted without even seeing him and paying him a, a, a huge deal, which is what will happen without seeing him play. 
so it was kind of a head scratcher for me. I know you you had previously also said you don't think Aaron's going to finish his career in Green Bay, right? I mean, that Matt LaFleur recently said we we have plans for Aaron for a long time, but I I don't really believe that. I, I you know, you don't draft a quarterback and trade up for one. Well, they would the, the Packers organization would be absolutely stupid to to think to even publicly make a statement that we're preparing for the future because we don't know what Aaron's going to do. That may be 100% true, but you say he's our quarterback, and as long as he wants to be our quarterback, we will, you know, we'll be happy because he's, you know, arguably the best player to ever play the game. Um, but the way things go in this league now, Tom Brady, did we ever think we'd see him in another uniform? No. No, I, I – I, I'm like you. I, I thought, no. Uh, Peyton Manning, you know, uh, you don't yourself, I would kickstart it at all. I would say yourself too, Brett. Yeah, but that, when I did it, now it's it, it's now it's it's kosher to do it, and not yeah. only kosher to do it to retire and unretire. Now it's no big deal. Yeah. Um, so. I say that because I would not be surprised if he finishes with another team. I'm not saying that he told me that. I'm not saying the Packers are, you know, secretly are saying that. I just, based on what what's happened in the league presently, I would not be surprised. I, well, yeah, I mean, quarterbacks are playing until they're in their 40s, and at some point the organization has to move on from somebody. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has a ton of awesome football left. I mean, Tom Brady's now, what, 43? Yeah, starting 44. with a brand new team, and the Buccaneers 44. could be the most stacked offensive team in the NFL this season. So it's like, yeah, Rogers gonna be playing for a long time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm. I'm there's several storylines that are uh, <laughs> intriguing. Obviously, number one is what will Tampa do with Tom Brady, and what, I think what did, do very good things. What advice would you have for him? Because you going to Minnesota is a little similar to that in the sense that you know older quarterback going to a contender type thing. So, what advice would you have for Tom? Well, I, I did talk to him at the Super Bowl. We had the top 100 honoring prior to yeah. the game. We had some time to visit, and he had not made his decision yet. And um, he had asked me, now, as I look back, retrospect, um, was I glad I did what I did? And I said, absolutely. Oh, so you, you helped him go to Tampa. Look well, yeah, yeah, you had a point. <laughs> He never, he never gave <laughs> any indication that there was bad blood between he and the organization. I would, yeah. I, would I, I would be shocked if there were. Yeah, I think the yeah. Patriots, you know, created an environment where he he felt like he needed to leave. I don't believe that. Uh, so for him, it's a little bit different. You know, it wasn't like okay, I got to go prove to the whole team. He doesn't have to prove anything. I just told him really. The, the cool thing about it was it's like starting over, but very with, with so much more knowledge. It's like they'll say, you know, if you could go back to high school, knowing uh, then what you know now, um, or really any point in your life. So he's going to do wonders for that team. The question is, do they get to work together? What kind of chemistry, you know, this is different than when I went to Minnesota. You can't, at least he hasn't been able to have a mini camp or, a, yeah. you know, a, a, a stage practice 
Well, he's been doing those kind of quasi-legal workouts in the parks over there down in Tampa. So he's been trying to finesse some things here and there. Well, you know he's got he's going to. I mean, you know, he's he's invested way too much in this. And um and he's he's the best. I mean, so he's gonna figure out a way to get it done. What a back to Aaron real quick. Where do you think he could go that would inflict the most punishment on the Packers? Like, say he wanted to go your route. You want to show him that you still got it. Uh, I was thinking the Bears because the Bears got a pretty uneasy oh, uh, quarterback situation. I would love to see that. <laughs> I mean, that would, You'd love to see Aaron Rodgers on the Well, Bears? I mean, j- just from a standpoint of we we have killed the Bears uh, collectively. Yes. And, uh, I mean, Bear fans would probably be like, I can't believe I'm saying this. But I am so glad Aaron Rodgers is on our team. Oh, they would embrace him in a hot second. Oh, in a heartbeat. <laughs> Absolutely. Who wouldn't? I mean, yeah. who wouldn't? Yeah. He instantly yeah. makes you a contender. Yeah, and that team, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, you know? Like, that team is right there everywhere else, you know? The question is with the Packers, well, you know, if his contract runs out or he chooses not to re-up. Yeah, yeah. And, and easily – He's a young 35, 36. Uh, you know, he's been banged around a little bit, but he, he does a great job of, of avoiding hits. So at 40, if it happened at 40, he still – his arm strength and mobility still will be as good as any in the league. 100%. While we're talking about quarterbacks, Brett, I'm interested. Who are five who, – who are your top five? Do you have a top five current quarterback <laughs> list? Do you ever think about that? I saw some poll that came out the other day, and Tom Brady was fifth, and Aaron was sixth. I'm like, are they crazy? People are crazy. If you base it strictly off of performance and results, Tom Brady's one, Aaron Rodgers is two, Breeze is three, Mahomes is four. Okay, all right, four. Brad, so, some people would call that a hot take. Lamar Jackson could be could be fifth, but I. Easily, if you base it off of just the wow factor, Lamar Jackson's one. But Russell Wilson's got to be in the top five as well. But if you were starting an NFL franchise right now and we had this mythical draft and you get to pick one player, are you picking Mahomes first? You'd have to just just from, I mean, unless you take Brady at 22, you know, (laughs) 22 years old. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes definitely uh, has 20 years left in him and, and that's scary for everyone else. He's got so some Brett Lamar Favre in him. You know, had Lamar Jackson won the Super Bowl. I mean, Lamar was technically a better pocket passer than Mahomes last season, which people don't realize. Yeah. Not technically, actually he was. Yeah, he threw more touchdowns from the pocket than anyone else I, in the NFL. I think that's statistically, but realistically, we know Pat Mahomes is probably a little bit more skilled in the pocket than, than Lamar. Brett. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Brett, as a Browns fan, I know, I know. And they get mad at me for bringing to, up the Browns. Yeah, he brings up every podcast, so this is why we get pissed so, at him. So this is a big season for for my guy Six, who's a big fan of yours. Yeah. What are we What are we thinking? Can Can Baker bounce back? Absolutely, can bounce back. I mean, he's been resilient through his whole career. Think about it. In college, he was a walk on. Um, I think it was at Texas Tech. Is that right? Texas Tech, and then he uh, went to Oklahoma. Went to Oklahoma. Look what he did there. You know, I think last year was probably a good was a good experience, a humbling experience for he and the rest of the team, especially for the ones who are returning this year. There's a lot less chatter, uh, a lot less talk. Uh, 
and again, it was humbling, you know, going in, there was so much hype. Some of it was self-induced going into the last season. Even I thought, man, they're going to be lights out. And it was okay. You know, as the season was fell into the latter part, they got better. And I think because they kind of just, you know, through all the other, you know, stuff that doesn't matter and, uh, and just play. And, uh, I, I think Baker will, will certainly bounce back. I think he'll have a, a wonderful career. He's a competitor. Well, I'd love since, to hear since, since chops asked that now I got to ask my question that combats that between the two young quarterbacks of Daniel Jones and Baker Mayfield, who will you take long-term? Zion's a giants fan. So, um, I like Daniel Jones. Um, he, he seems to just show up, go to work, and play. And he's, he's uh, mo- more mobile than I thought he was, which I think in yes. today's game, very rarely are you going to be protected like Tom Brady has been protected and Drew Brees has been protected, two guys who are not very mobile uh, and don't need to be as long as you protect them. But I, I, I'd say right now I'd give the edge to Baker Mayfield and, I, and just from a sense of uh, he's been in big games and, and – and, I say that thinking from a college standpoint, he's been, you know, at the bottom of the totem pole and has managed to work his way up and persevere and overcome adversity. And here, here we are again, he's got to overcome adversity. Um, everyone thinking, you know, was he a bust? And I, I don't think he was. I think Daniel Jones is, uh, is one that could easily prove me wrong and be a Tom Brady-esque type quarterback. Very polished, very smart, does things the right way, right away. He's not going to kind of – Baker is a lot like me in the gunslinging uh, mentality. Fun to watch. If he can control that uh, and, you know, that wow factor he's got. Uh, I mean, he can be – he can be – I mean, he – in some ways, he's similar to Aaron Rodgers right now. Uh, now, by no means is he in that category, but his play style, a little flamboyant, got good arm strength, buys time with his legs. And I mean, I don't know what it's like to be in a huddle with him, but he seems like a tremendous leader, uh, and he's going to have to be uh, to carry that team. But I like Daniel Jones. I really do. I think, I think he'll, he'll be good for a long time. Brett, you bring up a little bit of like trash talking. Who's the best player you've heard talk trash on an NFL field? You, you used to yap Easy. a little bit. Warren Sapp. Really? The, the, the hardest guy I've ever seen our offensive line have to block and the best shit talker <laughs> ever. So not only was he kicking everyone's butt, but he was telling you about it. I mean, like right in the middle of the play. But what was he doing? Insulting like you know your mama? Like what? Like what was the go-to lines here? You know, Warren was. You know, he's got a lot of credit because he's in the Hall of Fame, deservingly so. But what he doesn't get credit for is being a, a very smart player, and he's actually he's a lot smarter in person than people probably give him credit for. I just think he's a fast defensive lineman. He wants you to think that he's you know he ain't the smartest guy in the world, but. He would come up to the line and say, hey, he would call out one of the linemen's, one of their kids' names or something, ask how they were doing. <laughs> he would be, he was one that would get into your head. Uh, but, you know, 
one of his patented lines was, I'm, I'm going to be kicking your ass all day. And whoever it was in front of him, and if he was on top of me, he would be saying, four, going to be a long day. I'm going to be on your ass all day. And, and he would be. I mean, it wasn't like I could say, oh, yeah. Well, you're right. You, the Packers and the Bucks, uh, uh, unsung rivalry of the early 2000s. NFL oh, we had some great, great games. When they got really good, you think about that defense. Hey, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, Derrick Brooks, Derek one Brooks, set, yeah. Steve Rice. Man, were they good. There was some matchups right there. What's prime Brett Favre? How many touchdowns is prime Brett Favre throwing in 2020 with the new offense and everything being so spread out and all this? I'd like to think I could, you know, it's funny because I threw for a lot of touchdowns, but like yardage, I only threw 40 yards one time. One really? Time one time? In 321 games. You'd be doing that every other week nowadays. You'd That's literally crazy. average like 385 yeah. a game. You know, our offense was, I, I remember day one, Mike Holmgren, he said the West Coast offense is we pass as if we're running. Three yards is good. And, and and we didn't throw the ball deep. It was all about yards after the catch. It was about high completions. And if you think back to Joe Montana, he, he threw some deep balls to Jerry Rice. But how many times did you see him catch a slant and go 80 yards? All the time, yeah. So the offense was built on completions and get yards after the catch, not, not big home runs. Um, those are low completion rates. So – in today's game, I don't know if I could have thrown for that many more touchdowns, uh, but I would have thrown for more, but certainly a lot more yards. Right, our uh, young co-host down there, Zion. Hang on, Zion. Let's, let's ask this question. This, this relates to you, though, because he is the most pessimistic individual right now with the pandemic <laughs> going on and thinks we're not going to get football. So in your expert opinion, are we going to have football without any interruptions this upcoming fall? You know, I, I get asked that question every day. And, of course, I don't know any more than the next because I don't think the league knows. I, my, I'm assuming, just based on what I'm hearing, is they're going to play. Now, what that looks like, I have no idea. I can't imagine a Monday night game in Lambeau with nobody in the stands. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. Uh, and, I, and the players, you know, you get hyped up. I mean, I, I think probably the one, the one sport where it really makes a difference by not having fans is like, MMA, UFC. I mean, you, you, you got a guy who's just got you in a chokehold and just knocking the fire out of you, and all of a sudden the crowd starts chanting your name. You get this second win. and But if, if, if there's no one saying, come on, get your ass up, you tap out. And right, football is yeah. kind of like that. You know, you kind of feed off the crowd. They go crazy and you get momentum. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. Brett, before, before I let Zion go here, we have a – and before we get you out of here, we have a segment called One Gotta Go. You want to play with us? Uh, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> QB's up first. Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, One Gotta Go. Um, I love all three. I, I'd have to – I think I'd have to let Peyton go. And it's hard to – hard to. Based on think, Super Bowls, based on Super Bowls, yeah. I mean, to me, it's Tom Brady and Joe Montana, the two best ever. Okay. 
Do, do you have a favorite? Do you do, do you just go back and forth on who's the best ever? Or are they are they right neck and neck all the time? I, I'd say that you know obviously Tom's got more Super Bowls, but Joe's is undefeated. <laughs> yes, Tom's it, lost. Something. Tom's about as flawless. As <laughs> Tom's you lost as many as as Joe won. Yeah, uh, Tom's about as flawless as you can get. But I, I watched so much film on Joe Montana when I went to Green Bay because I was running that offense and. And it was disheartening to watch because he was so perfect and he never got rattled. And I just, I always envy that. 100%. Here, here's one we got. Wide receivers. Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, Larry Fitzgerald. One got to go. Larry. Okay. Is that too <laughs> no easy? Hesitation. Who, that was who too can we put in for That was too easy, man. Come on. Yeah. Who's the third? I don't know. Who would be the uh, third receiver? Yeah, I'm trying to think of another. You said Randy Moss. Who else? Ra- how, what about if we put Michael Irvin? There? That's too. I think Randy and, yeah, and Michael got to go. Also, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah Ra- Randy and Jerry yeah, are just Mike on another Irvin, level, right? Rice and Randy Moss on your team, and, and you didn't win by forty every game. <laughs> <laughs> you got, and I'm talking about you have the worst quarterback ever, but he could throw it deep. That's all he can do. You're gonna kill te- teams. You're going. He's gonna be eight for forty passing with eight <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, Rand, obviously you played against Randy all those years, but probably the, I mean the most exciting player I think I've ever seen. He was unstoppable when he when he was, you know, when he was in his prime. He was in his prime for over ten years. The first Monday night game with Randy Moss for a Randy Moss. The Vikings played us in Lambeau. And I'd heard all about Randy. I mean, he hadn't really done anything to this point. This is his first year. But I'd heard, you know, and seen seen a lot of his games, Marshall were on TV, and he had like 28 touchdowns the senior year. So I'm like, I got to see this guy. He he has 270 yards receiving that night and an 80-yarder called back. (laughs) Think about that. Insane. And we played cover two, which you should never get beat deep in cover two. And yeah. he beat us probably three times over the top. That's insane. He was definitely – was that Randall Cunningham throwing – was that Randall Cunningham his first year? That was Dante Culpepper that game. That, okay, that, that was Randall Dante came, Culpepper. Uh, man, man, you know what? Who came first, Randall or Dante? It was Randall was first, I think. So it was Randall then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Before we get out of here, because – because I'd be I'd be shooting myself in the foot if I didn't if I didn't ask this. But obviously, what's what's going on in uh, the society and whatnot, um, and players taking a knee and whatnot. What are what are what are your thoughts specifically on like players uh, taking a knee during the anthem? And uh, well, I think the guys that are taking knees are taking knees for a great cause. I know a lot of them. I have a tremendous amount of respect for them, uh, and I think it's. Uh, you know, this country is, is a free country, freedom of speech, religion. And so um, it's, it's a, a noble cause. And, you know, when Drew Brees made the comment that he, he would stand for his, you know, for his dad, for his grandfather and his great-grandfather, that made sense too. I, I, I don't look at either one as being uh, negative. And, and I, I, this country seems to get more heated and divided over things that we shouldn't. 
we're all, you know, I look at this, we're all in this together, just like a game. Mm-hmm. I need, I need a, a Hispanic guy blocking for me just as much as I need the white guy blocking for me. I need the, the black guy to catch the pass for me or make a tremendous run. I mean, so we're all in this together. And, and I, we lose sight of that. And, uh, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. You know, what you like, maybe I don't like. Does that make you wrong or me wrong? No. But we, 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 we tend to worry more about what that person's doing or not doing rather than cleaning our own house. And, uh, you know, if we would look at it that way and, 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 you know, God calls us to love everyone. And that can be hard at times, including your own family and friends. But, you know, we need more compassion. We need more um, religion. You know, I'm a, I'm, I grew up Catholic. I'm, I'm a religious person. Um, and I think if we all had Jesus in our life, we'd, we'd be much better off. Whether we kneel, stand, agree, disagree. Um, you know, so I... I I hope we can pull this thing together for everyone. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, Brett. Brett. Appreciate all right. it, man. I'm talking with all of you. Take care. Yep. You Have a good one. Thanks, Brett. All right. See ya. Huge shout out to Brett Favre. Had a lot to say. You know, always good to talk to an NFL legend, quarterback legend, uh, about their perspective on things. That was very interesting. Uh, shout to Zion for getting that question on the end. I thought that was very important uh, to kind of talk about some real shit that's going on. Before we get out of here, we've been teasing our new segment, Listeners Unloaded where you guys can call in. That number is in our description on all of our socials as well. So make sure you go check it out. But we want to give you guys a taste of it. We have our first caller uh, that we're going to include to kind of give everybody an idea. Call from James Safura, who uh, has some thoughts on the Browns. Let's check it out. Well, first of all, I think that this is the finally the Browns year that make the playoffs. I think they're about to go 11-5. and five. Maybe not win the division, but still make the playoffs. But my question is, who outside of Baker, Miles, Odell, Jarvis, and Chubb do you think is going to have, like, a breakout year? And that's it. Big fan of the show, by the way. Woo, a good one to start. I like that. I like that energy. You, How mad are you guys that we're just probably going to have a bunch of Browns fans? No one, because no one cares. We're not gonna be talking about the yeah Browns. we don't give two shits about this the sleepers on the browns team do you do you guys have an opinion on this i re- listen for the shat- this year? hang on one second shout out to him for being a loyal listener we appreciate yeah, the exactly. feedback like thank you for are like, we gonna, like, are like, we gonna I, disgrace our fans uh mildly because i don't want to deal with fucking sleepers on the browns secondary or some asshole coming off the bench because we don't give a shit about this okay I the would, browns would, the browns will be lucky to go eight and eight this season right, well, the browns we'll are going shout uh, out seven and nine above all else shout out for james for calling in make sure you guys do now we want to talk about other things for other than the browns but shout out for him calling in loyal listener i thought that was very cool no you gotta answer his question still you know still yeah go ahead you yeah we don't really you oh i have to answer the question precisely precisely one percent if not less of the audience especially in zero percent of your co-hosts give a shit about your answer but please go ahead yeah i i think i think grant delpit greedy williams on the defensive side uh, our breakout candidates. He didn't mention Kareem Hunt. I think Kareem Hunt's going to have a big season. Uh, yeah, that's my thoughts. Uh, let's keep it moving. Yeah, let's keep it moving. That was a fun episode. You guys have some fun? I did no. until we had a Browns voicemail. Yeah, that, that one whole thing. That, that one whole thing. Okay, all right. Well, 
Uh, I thought it was, you know, a good time. So uh, this is another episode of Load Management Podcast. Make sure you follow us all on Twitter at Adam Capra, Pchops underscore at Zion Olajede, um, and follow Complex Sports. Until next week, we'll see you guys later. Special thanks to our producer, Josh Dodd, our associate producer and sound engineer, Jasmine Plata, our production manager, Chancel Correa, our talent booker, Shanice Kelman, who gets us all our great guests, our director of talent relations, Kristen Price Harrell, who also gets us the great guests, our senior director of operations, Jen Stewart. Shout out to the main man in charge, our GM, Donnie Kwok. This is a production of Complex Networks.